0: Welcome to Beauty is Eternal, in-depth interviews with experts that inspire. I'm Caitlin. Today's episode is called NASA Astrophysicist Ariel Borsi-Levy, Exploration of Space. The stars in the sky seem so close when you look at them, but that's a trick. In fact, they are so far away that when you look at a star, you see it as it was light years ago, not how it is in the present moment. In cases like this, you literally cannot believe your own eyes. We have with us today a guest who has dedicated his life to the study of the stars and skies and space so that he knows what his eyes can believe and what they cannot believe. Cosmetologist and astrophysicist Ariel Borsi-Levy has been working for NASA since 2015 and is going to discuss some of the deep secrets of space with us today. You can learn more about Ariel, Barry's Instagram account, where he goes under the name travel to multiverse He posts about all kinds of fascinating facts and images related to the cosmos. Topics we are going to touch on today include What do astrophysicists do all the time? Why does Ariel hope we never visit another planet with intelligent life on it? Why does he hope aliens never come to Earth? What does he think is beyond our universe? Does he believe in God? Does he think we'll ever see time travel? So many questions for him and so many answers coming up for you in the next hour. So enjoy. Welcome to the show, Ariel. It's really exciting to have an astrophysicist come on.
1: Thank you. And I hope I can share some good information with you and the people who listen to your podcast.
0: I hope so as well. How did you get to where you are today? How did you become an astrophysicist?
1: So from my childhood, The first book my mother bought for me was about stars. So always I was interested to learn about stars until when I was 17 years old and I started to ask some questions to myself which is like how everything started, how everything will end. And so when you mix astronomy and these questions, it becomes astrophysics. After that I studied astrophysics.
0: Mm-hmm. so it started when you were 17 years old and then you kind of yeah. were like oh this is what I really love and I'm passionate about it developed into a career
1: yes and also because of I changed many different interests but it was boring but astrophysics so the universe is too big
0: <laughs>
1: not boring always there are something to find out
0: One of the things I'm really curious to hear from you, I think when people hear you're an astrophysicist, they think one of two things. Either they think that you spend all your time in front of a telescope, like looking at the stars, or that you spend all your time sitting in front of a computer looking at calculi and never see the stars. What is the reality? What's it actually actually like?
1: You forgot number three. Number three is some people, they think I'm astrologist. (laughs) So... Astronomy and astrophysics are different. So the people who are spending the, most of their time by telescope are mostly astronomers. But astrophysics is more about calculation, thinking, and we spend some time with laptop and telescope, but not that much. So normally astronomers, they spend time with telescope, and then they send us some data about what they find out. And we have to analyze this data, like what's the material of the star or planet which they find, or how far is the star, or any other information about that star. So we have to separate the astronomy and astrophysics.
0: Now I understand why you said the field was very big, because your field is any star in the sky that somebody takes an image of or gets information about for you to analyze. So it's endless.
1: Yes, we have billions of billions of galaxies, and each galaxy has billions of billions of stars. (laughs) It's too big to understand everything.
0: Speaking of understanding, what do you think are some things people might think that they understand about the universe but are actually misconceptions?
1: There are few things, like flat earth theory, which is one, or moon landing conspiracies. Actually, most of the people I meet, and when they understand I'm astrophysicist, they ask me if the moon landing was true or false. And sorry to say that, but the most annoying one is some people who believe in spirituality and they want to... They ask me some question and they want to prove what they want. So they want to use science to prove what they like to hear. Like we talk about universe, we talk about black hole, about everything. But we don't say like we are the universe and this is spiritual stuff. So there are many type of conspiracies and misunderstanding stuff about astrophysics.
0: What do you usually answer people who say, let's go back to your three questions you get the most. So the people who ask about flat earth, the people who ask about the moon landing, and then the people who maybe don't totally understand the science, but want to use the science to make whatever point about their spirituality that they want to make. How do you usually respond to them? In case, I mean, it's very possible there are some people listening and they might also share those beliefs. What would you say to them?
1: So about flat Earth, I haven't met any. But sometimes if I talk to my friends, I have some response like, OK, we see the sun by telescope, you can see the moon. And we know how it works, so it's not flat. But about second one, the moon landing. So when they went to the moon, it was because of Cold War between Soviet Union and United States. And when Americans, they went to the moon, Soviet Union accepted that because they brought stones from moon. They gave to every country. Every country, they researched about these stones. They understood that was true. That's why there is no doubt about that. So they went to the moon. But one of the questions they asked me is why they didn't go back to the moon? Because moon is not Bali to go every year. So if you want to go to the moon, you need a lot of energy. And for that energy, you need a lot of money. For that much money you want to spend to go to the moon, you will not go there to take some selfies. We need a big reason. So far, we didn't have any reason to go back to the moon. We went there. We couldn't find anything. But now we are thinking to go back because of new research show us that there are some type of water on the moon so now we have a reason to go back in some years number three are the spiritual people who are asking me like "Oh, do you believe in energy yes i believe in energy but in physics we don't have bad energy or good energy or this type of stuff that's the difference of spirituality and science so you can't get some idea from physics Like, all the energy and the universe and then change it to whatever you want. If you want to accept physics, you have to accept the whole idea of physics, not just save some words in your mind and manipulate yourself with these words.
0: Mm -hmm. Along those lines, can I ask you a question? (laughs) So you were talking about good energy or bad energy. Okay, I'm I'm totally asking you a question, you're going to be very annoyed with me, but from what I've heard, positive energy vibrates at a higher level and lower energy, bad energy would vibrate at a slower, lower level.
1: No, we don't have bad energy or good energy, we only have energy, that's one type of energy. So the question itself makes no sense. So because of everything started from Big Bang, we only have one type of energy. This one type of energy can change to matter or can change to energy again. But all of this energy are only one type of energy because it's from one source, which is Big Bang. We can't make it like some of these energies are bad or, I don't know, maybe they have a sickness.
0: You mean it's the same energy?
1: Yes. It's not positive energy, it's not a...
0: It's a human projection to say it's good or it's bad. It just exists. There's no good or bad inherent in it. We project it onto that. Exactly. Okay, that makes sense. Are there any mysteries that you would like to unravel, Ariel, about the universe? Any question you would love to know the answer to?
1: Yes. As an astrophysicist, we always have to ask questions to ourselves to develop. And our understanding of the universe is limited to one moment after Big Bang. So actually, we don't have any idea about Big Bang. That's why if I want to ask a question, I will ask, how was Big Bang? Because we have some paradox about Big Bang, which is big questions in in physics. Like okay, if there was a big bang, it have to create matter and antimatter in the same amount. But if it was same amount, when the matter and antimatter touch each other, it releases energy and it becomes almost nothing. But here we have something in the universe. So it's a paradox.
0: So maybe it would help to watch a video of what happened or something <laughs> and then have the chemical information about what was happening inside.
1: Well, no one can provide that video to you. <laughs> <laughs> because we don't have any idea like what happened. Our understanding is just from one moment after Big Bang until now. What was Big Bang, and we don't know what was before Big Bang, which is mm. the question is wrong to ask. What was before Big Bang there was no time, but no one can understand this question.
0: It's unanswerable. Yes. Mm. So even astrophysicists have questions that they will probably never be able to answer.
1: Well, yes. Like we don't know what's outside of the universe, what was before Big Bang or the moment of Big Bang, or we can't understand another dimension. All of those questions are just a question. We can't find it except we make some theories or hypothesis about that.
0: Are you involved with any active research in trying to understand the Big Bang? Or are there some people who specialize in that? How is that being investigated by NASA, if it's still being investigated?
1: So it's not. So normally this type of research are from the universities. So each university has a research center, and they research about Big Bang and this type of stuff. NASA is just a space organization to find the technology to go outside of the planet to go to the space. However, they have a research center, but it's limited to researching about what an astronaut needs. Mm-hmm. NASA, so we calculate the gravity of other planet or moon or even international space station. We have to provide some information to astronauts so they know how to behave in space, how to breathe, how to walk because of the gravity is different. So if they don't do the right thing, it's dangerous for them, because of if no gravity, blood circulation is different. And in NASA, we have another job to find new planets. We focus to find a planet which we can change it to make it suitable for life. But we don't do research about Big Bang.
0: Speaking of researching other planets and looking for life, I know from your Instagram that you do believe that there is life on other planets. Like statistically, it seems pretty feasible. Can you talk a little bit about where you think that it might be found? And by life, I mean beyond just some cells, some kind of intelligent life.
1: So... We have two types of life. If we are looking for intelligence life, it's different. If we are looking for an organism life, like bacteria, it's two different types of life. For bacteria, maybe we find it on the Mars. Maybe we find it on our moon or anywhere else. But so far, we couldn't find anything. But for an animal like ourselves, like us, so far we couldn't find, we don't have any idea. So far we understood that every type of organism or animal they release methane gas. That's why actually we research about that. We search to find methane gas. But long time ago we was searching for water and If we can, so for life, if we want to search for life, the planet has to be in habitable distance from their own star. But few planets are in this distance, like our planet. But because of the universe is too big, in our Milky Way we have more than billions of stars and each star has some planet. So we think we can find another civilization even inside of our galaxy but it have to be an exoplanet or a a ball planet possibility of methane gas and water is more in these two type of planets
0: and let's say that you had the opportunity to go into space and you could go look for life on other planets you could go to the moon or mars Where would you want to go? And let's say you could lead an expedition. Do you have somewhere that you would go first?
1: I wouldn't go anywhere. It's a one-way ticket.
0: Ah, oh.
1: So imagine if you want to go to the Mars, which is just our neighbor. It takes at least six months with our technology to reach there. And six months without gravity. So your blood circulation will not work well. So six months on the way and then you spend some time there and six months to come back if you come back. And after that, you have to treat yourself for some years because your body will not work the same as before. That's the problem that we can't send anyone out. In my belief, I have only one life. That's why I wouldn't go anywhere. I don't want to kill myself.
0: I have another reason you can't go anywhere. Somebody has to do your Instagram account. You've got over 100,000 followers. You're pretty popular there. Who's going to do Instagram posts for them, right?
1: Well, I don't think Instagram is that important (laughs) for people. but, But I don't have any other social media. I don't have Facebook or I don't know any other social media. I only have one Instagram page, which is rarely I publish my photos Normally I publish something about physics for education. I wish someone read my posts and research more about those things that make me happy. But actually there are some other people, they providing education posts, especially about astrophysics as well. So if I go to the space and I don't come back, my followers will follow another scientist and there's no problem.
0: Well, you have a great Instagram profile. I really like it. You have a good way of using pictures and providing content, not overwhelming people with information, but giving them enough information that you want to learn more about the stuff that you mentioned. How much time are you spending on it?
1: Some days I don't use Instagram. Some days maybe five to ten minutes. If I want to post something, five to ten minutes I can post.
0: Well, you know, you're kind of an influencer, Ariel. <laughs> mm.
1: Well, I don't feel that much different with like 100 followers or 100,000. Because for me, I can't read every comment. I can't reply to every message. So that's why I just spend five minutes or 10 minutes. Same like everyone. Same like you if you have an Instagram.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, since we're on the topic of Instagram, the title of your Instagram is Travel to Multiverse. Mm -hmm. And something I wanted to ask you about is called the Multiverse Hypothesis. And my hypothesis was that that might be an interesting or very important topic for you since you made it the name of your Instagram handle. And I was hoping you could talk about that a little bit more. Sure.
1: So... Multiverse theory or parallel universe theory says that we are not the only universe. We have infinite number of universes, but that's just theory because we can't understand everything about outside of the universe because there is no space, there is no time, there is no light. But this theory says we have infinite number of universes. That's why we have infinite number of possibilities. So when the number is infinite, possibilities are infinite too. In this case, there is another universe that I'm funny, or there is another universe that I'm a chef, or there is another universe that I walk on my hand. <laughs> Everything is possible in multiverse theory. It's kind of interesting. That's why I choose this name. But it's a paradox, because we can't travel to another (laughs) universe.
0: Would it be that there would be another universe coexisting in the same space we're in, or would it be just outside of our universe, and we don't know what's beyond it, so we just couldn't?
1: So we don't have any idea. Some of the theories says that everything is in the same place, but different dimension. So we have infinite number of dimension and each dimension has a universe but another type of theories they say they are in different places but actually between universes there is no place because when we say place it's connected to space but we don't have space there so it's not like you open the door of the universe and then you walk like 10 meter or 20 meter and then you will go to another universe. So between these two universes, there is nothing. No time, no space. That's why it's a bit complicated. But why okay. we believe in multiverse theory? Because of we don't think our universe is the biggest thing exists. We think this circle is infinite like an atom cells, apple, apple tree, apple garden, our planet, solar system, galaxy, and universe, after that we must have something bigger. But we don't have any proof for that.
0: Because we can't prove or disprove a lot of these things, it's a lot of theoretical thinking, theoretical testing even when possible. And it's not provable or unprovable, so it's like, in theory, if the universe is infinite, then the possibilities for it are infinite, so you can think of everything.
1: Yes, we can think about everything, however, it has nothing to do with our life. So if we find another, let's say, if we can prove another universe, it has nothing to do with our life, but because of human, it's a curious animal. That's why we can't use 100% of our brain. So we have some space in our brain to think about something that we don't need,
0: actually. Yeah. I was watching one of the videos from your Instagram, and it was talking about the different dimensions. It was saying that there are, I think, 26 dimensions is what it was saying. Or actually, we don't really know how many dimensions That there are and we can only imagine what some of them would be like?
1: In my opinion, we have infinite dimension. I can't prove it and nobody nobody else can prove like twenty-six or I don't know four dimensions or how I don't know how many number. We can't prove it because we can't connect to another dimension. It's impossible. Mm -hmm. But due to multiverse theory, I can say there are infinite number of dimensions.
0: It's kind of difficult to comprehend because I think I've read before that humans can only comprehend numbers up to a certain point, And then after that, it's like when you think of infinity, it's really hard to imagine because I think spatially we're used to there being like a point, things around it. But just to think of everything kind of expansive, it's a very mind opening way to look at things.
1: That's why they say Astronomy and astrophysics are humbling and character-building experience because when you go in deep into this type of stuff, you will understand like how small we are, how everything is just nothing. That's why you will understand how to enjoy life. So if you listen to Stephen Hawking interview or Albert Einstein interview, Mostly, they just make jokes because they already understand that everything is just almost nothing. (laughs) They try to be happy.
0: (laughs) The way I would interpret that is, you know, that little problem that you have that you stub your toe and your toe's been hurting since yesterday. That little problem in your little area, in like the little, little area, it's just absolutely so minute. It's practically invisible in the grand scheme of things. You're not as important as you think you are, maybe, in some way.
1: Well, the universe doesn't care about you. The universe doesn't, sorry, give a shit about anything. The universe without us and with us is the same. If you just go some light years away from our planet, you will see just a tiny blue pixel. Who cares about this planet? Even if we say we are unique then I can say we are the cancer of the universe. Like in your body, if you have a cancer cell, cancer is kind of smart. So we are similar with cancer in the universe. We are not good and not that important. We are just a way for the universe to understand itself, to experience itself.
0: I took a meditation course through Dan Brown. And it's about becoming awakened awareness. You do this 40-minute meditation, and at the end of it, it changes how you see things. And the view you're supposed to take is the universe is empty liveliness expressing itself to itself. And you're the same as the lamp, or you're the same as, you know, the star over there. You're made of the same things. You're not really separate from it.
1: Well, so we don't know what's the difference between alive and dead things. So we don't have any idea, like, what's the difference between me and my laptop. So I can't answer your question, but I can answer in this way, like, by meditation or any other experiences, you can't connect to anything higher than what we can experience because we are limited in the universe. I accept meditation as a mind sport, but Your feeling, I think, is about chemical reactions in your brain. Could be. Yes.
0: So you were talking a little bit about Stephen Hawking and Albert Einstein and how they kind of have a sense of humor about things because they get it. They get, you know, we're not as significant as we imagine ourselves to be in our day-to-day lives. What is your philosophy about life? Do you have any guiding morality, like, what is your view of life
1: and the world? I think life is meaningless, but we can make meaning for our life. No one else can make a meaning for our life. That's why we have to make a meaning for our life, and we have to endure, because from the moment you're born until the moment you die, you travel into the time, you go to the future. And after you die, the time will stop for you because you are not alive anymore. That's why we have to enjoy every moment. Sometimes they get me wrong when I say life is meaningless, but it's not sad. Actually, it's happy because I already know life is meaningless and I have to make a meaning for my life. I have to be happy. I have to enjoy every moment.
0: How do you make it meaningful?
1: I do what I like to do. That's the meaning of life. So most of people, they do whatever they don't like to do. And they feel they have to do it. Like they have a job and they don't like their job, but they have to do it. They have to continue. But for me, I just do whatever I like to do. And I have some missions for my life, like planting more trees, for environment and some stuff like that. I like gym, I like swimming, I like camping. That's what I do in my daily life. And also I smoke to enjoy their life.
0: <laughs> Interesting. So continuing in that vein, what do you think about karma? A lot of people say, Oh, they did this wrong but karma's gonna get them. For you that wouldn't be an option, would it?
1: No. I will ask you a question. If you fight with your boyfriend, you think you are right. Your boyfriend thinks he's right. So how karma will work in this condition?
0: Mm, well, I see only problems when I look at that. <laughs> That's a very good analogy. There's not really an answer. It doesn't work because it- karma assumes that one person is right and the other is wrong and you can know who's right or wrong but going back to what you're saying that there's no right or wrong in the universe then that negates it
1: but i think everyone think the right to do whatever they want that's why they do that even if they do something bad but they think that's right but this question is a paradox for karma and we don't have a proof for karma some people they didn't have a job or something, they made this type of idea. Now we are living in 21st century. We don't have to believe what we find like 6,000, 7,000 years ago. 7,000 years ago they said our planet is flat. Mm -hmm. Do we have to continue believing in that? And in science, the difference of science and fake science is, in fake science they say I think our planet is flat. You don't believe, disprove it. But in science, for everything we say, we have to prove it. So for karma, we can't say, if you disagree, disprove it. First, the people who believing in that, they have to prove mm.
0: it. You mentioned what people believe 7,000 years ago. This is something I also wanted to ask you about. I'm very interested in ancient cultures and specifically how they created monuments, and they aligned them to the stars, actually, almost perfectly. I think the best example is the Giza Plateau or Stonehenge. We don't necessarily, or we don't have an agreement on how they were built, for instance, or why they were built. Mm-hmm. Why do you think it was so important for some of these older cultures to align things to constellations in the sky?
1: Because since human existed, sky was a question for them because we couldn't go to the sky, to the space. It was always a question and we have been to the ocean, we have been to the jungle or caves or anywhere else, but not sky. We always look at sky and we had questions. What's these things? What's these stars? And in that type of civilization, when they didn't have answers, they made stories and most of these stories were about power bigger than us. So in most of religions and beliefs, sky is full of secret. Sometimes these stars are God for them, sometimes they are a hero for them. That's why they made pyramids in this way they were thinking there are gods there or something more powerful than us because they didn't know what's there
0: so for them it was a way of comprehending what was there or connecting to it projecting some kind of experience onto it because it was such a vast unknown they didn't have the telescopes that we have the spaceships. so they for them it was just all mystery
1: exactly because they they couldn't find the answer. Why we believe in God? Because of we don't have an answer for our existence. We don't know why we are, exist. And that's why we believe in something. We call it God. And in that time also, they didn't know. They they didn't have any answer for why these stars are there or why they are shining. Is the God living there or not? And then they develop their own stories about there are gods in these stars, or even the stars are the eyes of the gods. So it was important for human.
0: It reminds me of a quote which goes something along the lines of, if God doesn't exist, he would have to be invented. There's a human propensity to need to create reason, karma, accountability, there's a desire to do it, I think, somewhere in the human nature, it seems to me. What do you think?
1: As astrophysicist and same like myself, soft physicists, I don't believe in God. Because before Big Bang, there was no time. So the God didn't have time to create anything. So there is no God. And already we know how the universe works. So if we believe in a God, this God is a jobless God. Because we know how it works, we know how a black hole works, we know how Big Bang works. Let's say there is a god, what's the job of this god? Sitting somewhere in the sky and looking at us like, you did bad, you have to go to the hell, and you did good, you have to come to the paradise or something like that, which is a meaningless life for him. I wish he find a job. <laughs> Yes, I hope he finds the job to not judge people.
0: Well, I think people are very good at judging other people who don't believe in the same God that they believe in. I think there's probably been more human death in the name of God, probably second to only disease in old age.
1: Yes, exactly, because of it's from a long time ago when we were apes. So the apes, they fight with each other with different reasons because of land, because of territory, because of food. And when our brain gets bigger, so we become more smart and we have beliefs. And then we start to judge each other because of beliefs, because of nationality or race or anything else. But I don't think that's helpful today. Already we kill, as humans, we kill a lot of other people. Mm-hmm of what they believe, because of what they eat, because of what they do, and it was not helpful. Today, after that much killing, still we have billions of other beliefs. So they couldn't stop people from their own beliefs. So we have Mm -hmm. to let people believe whatever they want. But in my belief, there is no God, there is no life after, life before born. There is no faith, no one created the universe, and no one direct our faith. It's a very and clear I, point. Mm-hmm. And I think physicists they don't believe in this type of stuff.
0: I guess if you're dealing with the facts and the science of everything, probably religion is quite romanticized in some way. It deals a little bit more with emotions and not necessarily so much with logic.
1: Exactly. So that's why we separate beliefs and science from each other. In beliefs, you can believe in karma, you can believe in paradise, hell, or God, or prophets. But in science, we don't believe in this thing because we don't have any proof for that. And the whole story doesn't make sense for us because... In most of religions, the human history is from like 5,000, 6,000 years ago. But in science, we, we could find humans from million years ago and mm-hmm. more.
0: The very barbaric relatives of us. Yes. I want to ask you a little bit about a theory that you talked about also on your Instagram. It's called retrocausal quantum theory. And it's the idea that time can flow backwards, and this would allow time travel. So I want to ask you, A, if you think we will see time travel during our lifetimes, or B, if you think that there could be people on the planet now from the future that travel
1: back? I don't think so. I don't think they can come back or we can go to the future. In physics, on paper, we believe that if you travel faster than light, The time will go back. But because of why we say light speed, because of light doesn't have mass. But we have mass, so we we never can travel in the speed of light. It's impossible for us. So you can't go back into the time, you can't go to the future.
0: It sounds like you don't think that we're going to see time travel.
1: It's impossible. For us, it's impossible, but for light, it's possible.
0: You know, Ariel, maybe you already are from the future and you came back because you're trying to prevent us from going down a path we already went down and you just don't want to admit it.
1: I still remember my date of born, which was 1987. So I didn't came from future.
0: <laughs> and what do you think the chances are that we're living in a black hole?
1: It's impossible. Why? Because when two black holes match each other, it becomes one bigger black hole. So to believe in a black hole inside another black hole is impossible. And as you know, in the middle of every galaxy, we have a black hole, right? So if we believe that we are living inside the black hole, means the black hole of our galaxy Is inside another black hole as well. Mm. Impossible.
0: (laughs) Okay, if you say so. What do you think is going to happen in the stars and in the skies in 2020? So I know that we move further from other galaxies, new stars are born. Do you have any general predictions you could tell us about what it looks like is going to happen?
1: So every every second, I think I'm not sure about the number, but I think every second, 4,800 stars will born in the universe.: Wow. So it means every year is, I think, more than billions of stars. They're born in the universe, and many stars dying in the universe. But because of what we see with our eyes, it's only one small part of Milky Way. That's why we don't have that much change by looking at sky. However, if we look at sky by big telescopes, which is like Hubble or another big telescopes, we can see this change.
0: Interesting. So there's always so much. Birth or growth or change going on, but we can only see a part of it.
1: Exactly. A, a very small part of Milky Way because from one side of Milky Way to another side is almost one one hundred thirty thousand light years. So it's a huge distance. It means it takes one hundred thirty thousand years for light to reach there. So if there are aliens in another side of our galaxy and if you want to call them, it takes 130,000 years until they hear their phone ring and if they can speak English and if they want to answer, it takes another 130,000 years until you hear back. Huge distance. But from this huge distance, we only can see a tiny bit of that so without telescope we can't see anything
0: do you think that there have been aliens ever on planet earth Uh,
1: no i don't think we ever find aliens i think in the future we will find if we are exist but so far we couldn't find anything no no any aliens most of the stories about aliens are fake. We have some organization, they research about this reports about aliens. And I don't think aliens, they come to our planet to play with some villagers and to hide behind the tree. If they want to come here, they need a lot of energy. They don't spend that energy to play with villagers. They will come to the city to research about humans. And I hope we never find aliens, and I hope they never find us. Why? Because we know what happened to America after white people, they went there. So there's two possibilities. If they have more power, the aliens, we will be like Indian in America. They will kill us. Or if we have more power, we will kill them and we will get their land.
0: Wow. Do you think that it would be possible for peaceful aliens to come? Or no, you don't think that that's very likely?
1: Maybe they are peaceful, but they are not.
0: <laughs> well, you make a very good point about people. <laughs>
1: <laughs> On our planet, we don't have peace. So imagine if we find another planet with aliens, and if we think there are something expensive, We will destroy them. We will kill them to get what they have.
0: Let's play this scenario out. So let's say that we identify a planet in space and for some reason we are able to actually get there and we find that they have a civilization, maybe not humans but something else, and a very valuable resource. Do you think that... We would actually go and totally exploit the planet if we were more powerful to take all the resources and basically enslave them or destroy them.
1: Yes, if we have power, yes. If we have power to go there, our presidents and prime minister of every country, they make plan for them. Even on our planet, sometimes we fight for an island. Two countries they fight to get the island, which is because of some resources or Mm -hmm. in another planet we have gold as well we have diamond we have many Mm -hmm. other stuff
0: and let's say that a hostile alien species were to come to earth right what do you Mm -hmm. think they would do first would they analyze the country would they kind of check out what's going on and not attack right away how do you think that would play out
1: because of we never seen an alien we don't have any idea. Maybe there are some peaceful aliens. Maybe they need us. Maybe they don't need us. Maybe there are some not peaceful aliens. So, depend to which planet, because I don't think mm. we have one type of aliens. That's true. But so far, we didn't have any. But I think if they want to come here first, they will come to research, which is a bit difficult because the space is too big. So traveling into the space is not that easy. That's why it's maybe for future, maybe for some thousand years, maybe visit us. But so far, nobody visited us. But if they have power, I think, I guess it has nothing to do about physics. It's just my belief. I think if they can come here and if they need our planet, they will destroy everything. They will get it.
0: Well, if they have the ability to come here, because we don't have the ability to visit another civilization, it's safe to assume they would be more powerful than us, technologically.
1: And I don't think peace will work in this situation.
0: I was at my sister's the other day on Independence Day. That film with Will Smith was playing on the screen. And of course, in that film, not only does humanity save the planet, Americans save the planet, obviously, but, <laughs> but you don't think you don't think the reality would play out like that? Will Smith, the American, you know, saves humanity from the alien species.
1: I don't think so. If they have power to come here it means they have more power than USA. So in this case, I don't think our weapons and our guns will work on them.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, maybe you should write a book about it. It seems like you have a pretty good idea of the possible scenarios.
1: If I have time. <laughs> because to write a scientific book, you need a lot of time, some years, because every word has a... you have to write it very carefully.
0: What about a scientific fiction book? Start your own genre there. <laughs>
1: That's an idea. I have to work on that. Maybe...
0: Apart from this potential book that maybe you will one day write, if you have time, write very carefully, very, very carefully, what is coming up for you? What is next for you in 2020?
1: So my next is I'm setting up a startup. It's a website about booking, like Airbnb, Mm. but to book accommodation, which are included activity the host, they can list their own place on this website and if they have time to do an activity for their guests or share their story or teach them something. And the money which coming to this website will go to plant trees because as Stephen Hawking said, we have only 150 years to live here because of global warming. That's why we all have to do something to save humanity. So we mm-hmm. need more trees. And I don't have that much money to plant that much trees. That's why I was thinking to make this startup to earn money to plant trees. And the name of the website is Roomiel. Room is just room. Eel is the last part of my name, which is Ariel. <laughs> R-O-O-M-I-E-L
0: That's a cool name.
1: Yes. So in one month, we will we will start it.
0: That's a noble cause to create a company not for profit, but to profit the planet. That's awesome.
1: Yes, because of, I feel danger. And nobody thinks about solving this global warming. Only some people, they try to help in a... Aggressive way, like they cry in the middle, uh, in front of camera. Which is not helpful.
0: <laughs> that's true. No, that's really cool. And if people want to keep track of what you're doing and learn more about you, I think the best way is for them to follow you on your Instagram, Travel to Multiverse.
1: Yes, it's Travel to Multiverse.
0: And spelled out T-R-A-V-E-L-T-O-M-U-L-T-I-V-E-R-S-E.
1: Yes, exactly.
0: And he's posting really cool stuff, or you're posting really cool stuff, really cool snippets of information that only an astrophysicist would know. So if you follow him, then you'll learn new things and get ideas for topics you want to delve into more deeply.
1: Thank you so much.
0: (laughs) Thank you for your time, Ariel. I will let you go because I guess you have other work to do, sounds like.
1: Yes, exactly. Nice to chat with you.
0: (laughs) Nice to chat with you also, Ariel. Enjoy the nice, warm Bali weather.
1: Thank you so much and wish you all the best.
0: Okay, bye. Bye
1: Bye-bye.